Comadre, no la va a oír. No, señora, no, señora. ¿Por qué? ¿Por qué? Porque vino un hermano mío. listening to Ink Studs, and my guest this week is Aisha Franz, and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry if I, I got that wrong, um, and her latest book is uh, Shit is Real, which came out, I guess, last year from Drawn and Quarterly, as um, well. Yeah. And then Earthling, which is also from Drawn and Quarterly, and the Great Clubhouse uh, series of uh, Ristograph printed uh, with Colorama Press. 
uh, anthologies uh, with the new issue. I think it's at number 14. That... It's, thir it's thir thir 13, the lucky number. The lucky 13, uh, which is the most ambitious issue to date. Yes, I think so. <laughs> but they're all ambitious. I mean, yeah. It always feels like it's the most ambitious and then you just add a little bit more work the next time because, uh, you know, because you're crazy, because you can do it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, kind of in the prep for things, I always read everything I get my hands on. And so you'd sent me some mini comics, some short stories, um, plus I read The Earth and shit is real and eyes I had a copy of that the Coos uh, mini the mini Coos eyes um, and one of the things I was really thinking about I guess I kind of want to find a little bit more about you because I was reading a little thing about how um, Kramers and Kuti Kuti were really big influence on you um, kind of in art school and stuff and that made me think about how um really fascinated by your work because you kind of come out through this point in time where it's like you're taking these like more avant-garde influences in but also telling um straightforward comics so i'm curious about kind of that beginning i guess i don't know if i even had a good question there yeah no no it's fine i i uh, i mean i feel like uh that's the beginning um i feel like i've told the story a million times and i, n I never know if it's <laughs> And sometimes I'm not sure if it's actually true anymore because I've told it so many times. I mean, there's not really a story. I mean, I I I only really discovered comics for myself, like to like I got interested in comics uh, in art school. Like I didn't care about them before that. I was just, I guess, I started. I went to art school because I wanted to do animation and then soon realize that it's uh, way too way too much work for like few minutes of uh, moving images so I'm, I was just like I don't know if I can pull it off um, so I thought oh maybe illustration like children's books whatever <laughs> and that's uh, uh, how I got um, into comics so the professor still the professor at uh, for the illustration department at that art school um, uh, is a comic artist, German. I don't know if maybe you've heard his name, Hendrik Dorgarten. He did one comic that uh, uh, got him a little known. It's like it's called Space Dog. So he was like oh, part yeah, of yeah. this. Like, yeah, you know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's like the part of the German avant-garde, you could say, like uh, from that time and. And so he showed us a bunch of uh, stuff, and then, uh, and then a few of the students, uh, including me, got really excited, and we started kind of looking for stuff on our own and uh, discovering stuff. So in Europe, it was definitely this whole like Finnish crew that made like really colorful and weird stuff. So the Kuti Kuti uh, people, um, Tommy Musturi, and uh, all all these people, and. Um, yeah, and then uh, of course uh, I discovered Picture Box, and that was like, uh, like wow, like wow, that, 
like that that's a publishing house who puts out that puts out this kind of stuff it was also there was this comics festival in switzerland and lucerne called fumetto i mean it still exists but it changed a lot over time mm -hmm. and back then um that must have been like 2006 2005 six seven um they had like a great curator who would exhibit all these people and um and were like really kind of in between comics and drawing and fine art and so did it they have um, like yeah so they cf and yokoyama and yeah there, yeah whatever. exactly so that was like i i didn't have access to any of those things back then and then like i could but i could go to this festival and just like you know they would provide like place to sleep and and snacks uh uh, uh, uh like food for people who would go there and like kind of sit in the exhibition uh, in, in the different exhibitions. So as students, we would just go with a big group and, you know, just to be able to see all the stuff and, and eventually meet people. But of course, we were like shy back then. But so, yeah, that was like the first encounters. And of course, and then I, I kind of, I mean, started drawing like small comics and mostly also inspired by like, you know, like drawing that's kind of rough and not very, because um, I've got really, I mean, I watch Disney movies. That's like my influence as growing up, you know, or yeah. what is so. So I was like really tired of like nice and cute drawings. And, and I got really excited about all the stuff that was like the opposite. And um, so that was like kind of the beginning, I would say. It seems to me like um, kind of one of the things that seems important is like the want to tell a story. Because you're saying about how all the work within animation, like if you want to tell a story with animation, it's this giant epic thing. And it's, you know, not easy. Um, or maybe just, it, it's much more complex. Um, not that doing comics is easy at all either. Um, but it's it's yeah. less about I mean it's there's the drawing, but the output you want is to have a story to tell. Exactly, and um, and animation is complex on the in a, on a technical side, but um, I didn't have the space to tell everything I wanted to tell. I mean, I uh, and and then I didn't know I wanted to tell stories, but I still hadn't really found the outlet the right outlet. I guess and and comics was just the perfect the perfect medium in a way it made so much more sense because I don't I don't I don't I wouldn't consider myself a good like like writer writer like writing is always like I don't know doesn't I, I don't have like a good writing flow but I I think in images so I have this, you know, so I, it was like, it made so much sense. And then later on, my mom would just like uh, take out some old drawings of mine from like my childhood. And and I would I would notice that these were comics. I just didn't know I was doing comics. I was just like trying to mimic um, an animation or something I would see on TV, like a sequential thing and I and I was making panels very naturally but I wasn't meaning to do 
a comic. So it was like, it, it made made the more, most sense in a way. And it was like, it's like super spontaneous. So, I mean, my first comics were like, um, also yeah, really, you know, like just pencil drawing rough. And I mean, Earthling, which by the way, the German uh, edition is called A Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> um, yeah, it was like my first longer comic. Like I hadn't really, I had, I had done like a few. I, my first comic ever that got like that was actually like several pages long and like printed somewhere was in in, in Kush, in an uh, issue of Kush. I think it was two thousand seven or something like that. Oh, okay. And then I, yeah, and then there was, yeah, it just, I just wanted to be, I don't know, I got so excited about, like, the independent comic scene, and there wasn't much going on yet in, 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 in Germany, like, there were a few people, but it was, like, kind of, you felt like you didn't have, really have access to it, there was, like, not much, like, self-publishing going on, and, mm -hmm. and, and I don't know, it was, like, uh, you either had like the publishers or you didn't really know what to do with yourself and then I got really excited about um, the indie comic scene uh, in other parts of Europe and also the US and I just wanted to be part of the club so that kept me you know I was just I was like I wanna I wanna do this I wanna hang out with all these people so I guess I'm just gonna have to do comics <laughs> to, to be part to be part of the club you know um, so that's also the other part that I was really looking for, you know, like everybody is like yeah. place to be. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember that like back in like 2008, 2007, 2009, like in terms of, of German comics, my knowledge was really limited to like maybe like Anka Fuschenberger and a handful of other folks and what you see now coming out that's quite amazing just this whole range of stuff uh and just folks actively creating uh really forward-thinking comics and it's, it's quite amazing the last 10 years just how much the scene there is really blown yeah up. it was like wow like suddenly people are looking at germany how weird <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> uh, no but it's true it's like uh, a lot a lot happened i mean so um Alien slash Earthling. Um, it was my thesis project in art school, so I hadn't actually planned a long, like a like a book that that long, long or that thick. I was just like started um, telling the story, and it just grew into something bigger. And um, and then obviously I, I I realized I can't just like self publishes publish it, so I'll have to find a publisher and it was like kind of I was like that was 2010 mm -hmm. and it was like the right time and the right place because I mean there's not many indie comics publishers here so it was like maybe I could kind of pick between two <laughs> so it was like and and yeah and as, as I said there wasn't much there was like um, Anne Belsdorf and Sasha who were based in Hamburg so kind of the comic scene was more based in Hamburg but back then and they had published their debut graphic novels like a few years 
before that or like 2005 maybe or six I, I forget yeah. and so there was that there was like a vacuum like a gap like a gap between that and other new like people like younger people making comics so like um, Reprodukt which is uh, my publisher here based in Berlin they they were mostly like doing translations and stuff and they were really looking out for for people like coming from art schools whatever um making work that they could publish like like graphic novel material let's say and yeah. and then yeah. also better if they were women you know so it's because there weren't many so it was like you know that's that's great like so they basically just bought bought uh, uh, um, <laughs> the book right away and I showed it to them. It was like perfect timing, I would say. Maybe now there's like, uh, it's, the situation is a bit more different, but yeah. One of the things that really stands out for me with that book, like it, it's it's a fantastic book. I know a lot of people, like when I posted a photo of people, like just how much they connected with it. But for me, one of the things I see with it when looking at your other work is it was kind of like an afterthought like you're figuring out how you wanted to do comics and then do it a completely different way after that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm i'm a very restless person i guess i mean i guess i mean i in a way a part of me you know, like I've, I have an idea of uh, how that book is because I haven't read it since then. I don't reread re my work. It's weird. I kind of have to, like, you know, you deal, you have to deal with it all the time afterwards when it's like translated. In you, you like prepare another reading or whatever. But I, I haven't actually sat down and read my books. Right? When they're like printed, it's like okay, gone. Like. Yeah. away like I don't want to deal with you anymore um, so but I have a feeling or like I have an idea of it and part of me uh, has been always kind of wanted to like go back or like be able to work that way in that way again like tell a story in that way I was just so I just had no idea what I was doing I was so naive and I just went for it. And I feel like that's the strength of it, too, that I like, it was just so intuitive. And so like, there was so much energy behind it that I wasn't overthinking it, you know. And then I, I feel I, I wish I could go back to that stage again, like, you know, I also was smoking a lot of weed back then. So <laughs> I guess that's, uh, um, you know, uh, I, I guess it has a part in that, but um, <laughs> that would be that kind um, of like that really paced, meticulous kind of um, storytelling of just like everything kind of flows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just like I don't know. This book. It feels like a. T I mean, of course, I was like it was awful while I was trying like finishing it and everything and you like suffer like with every book you know it's like a pain in the ass and you you ask yourself why am I doing this again um I know that but it still feels like it kind of just told 
like it just wrote itself or I don't know it's like um yeah it was just like I don't know it just worked out somehow and yeah and I guess um part yeah partly of course I mean I I I moved on like with everything I mean I guess similar with relationships they're over you know and I just don't want to look back I just move on and it's like the same with the books and then I'm like maybe I'm interested in something else now maybe I want to you know do something else so there's actually a book after that that never got translated uh, to English okay. that happens right after um which is completely different too it's um it's called uh, Brigitte, or you could ele more elegantly say uh, Brigitte. <laughs> uh, and it's about a dog who is like a secret agent. Uh, it's like a secret agent story. But it's like this dog, but it's like in a, in a human world. It's just this dog is different, and she's a secret agent, and... Um, has this like you know crazy mission and but the problem is that she is like kind of uh, obviously very lonely you know um as a secret agent but also has this like unfulfilled um wish to become a mother which she can't be because she was um ster sterilized or how do you call it with dogs i don't know when they're like little yeah. you know because yeah, that's what they do with dogs oftentimes. So it's like she has this trauma and wants, and, and then she has this other problem that she falls in love too quickly. So it's really tough for her. Like the villains in the story would always like use her weaknesses. So it's like a really kind of fun, stupid, uh, like kind of uh, genre story that's just, uh, was a lot of fun to, to draw and... Um, and yeah, it came out in in, in French and in German, and um, yeah, but never in other languages. And that was like right after, so I just needed like an outlet for something else. And I never like really approach books. Uh, I, I never like think, oh, I'm now I'm gonna work on my next book. Yeah. Um, that's a bit suffocating, I feel like I just need to think, oh, I'm, this is fun. I want to do like a mini comic or a short story or something. Sometimes it takes me further. So that's why also, I guess when you saw some of these short stories are also different and sometimes like have a very different, a very different in kind just because I am restless and I try to need to try out new stuff. And Well, I yeah. think one of the things with Earthling for me is it's, it, you can tell you did a lot of work like the pencils um, the paneling it's very dense uh, you're in this world um, and it's also very personal in a way and a lot of really um, there's a lot that comes together within that book that, that's really successful um, but you could also feel that like it took a lot of work to put that book together Oh yeah, it was a lot of work, but I also had a lot more time back then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was my thesis project. I didn't have to do anything else. I mean, I guess I was 
still working at a gas station back then, oh, wow. uh, like a, for a oh, wow. day job, but that was it. Like I, that's all I did. I was just like mostly working on that book and didn't talk to anybody basically <laughs> for a year. It took me a, a year to work on that book, only a year, which is uh, now for me, it's insane to think that like this is, this would be impossible. How long did um, Shit Is Real take you? Um, I mean, yeah, it's hard to say because it was such an off and on project. I mean, I guess in total it was like during the span of three years, something like that, three and a half. It was just like, yeah, it was really off and on. Like I, I also started because... I yeah I started working on it and I guess I I managed to to publish to self publish two issues like two chapters basically and then I stopped self publishing because then I realized it's going to be a bigger book and a lot of work again so I focused on that but yeah it was like first it was just a zine and then from there, it just took its own course. So, yeah, and it was like between like traveling and doing other stuff, of course, and like surviving. And I don't know, I mean, every cartoonist knows the drill, I, I guess. Um, it's hard to just like really continuously work on one thing unless you have like, you know, fun, funding or something. So yeah, it was just yeah, I guess three years or something. So that, that's why I mean, I guess there's like a lot in the book that I just like kind of collected throughout those three years. Like, I guess even opinion has changed within those three years and stuff. And like, I had to kind of rethink stuff that maybe I had done in the beginning and. And then also like the the drawings changed because you just you know the style changed a little bit. But I just you know didn't redraw anything. I just it's like it's just in the way it is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I I like that idea of just kind of work may change and mutate, but there's still a part of that original kernel there, that original seed. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I guess now I'm I'm. I, I would be a bit more perfectionist now about that, but I mean, part of that is, of course, that I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm, won't say that I'm lazy, but I, I just wouldn't like, like, why, am, why should I like redraw like the first two chapters? I'm, I'm not crazy. <laughs> like, I would like really, I would probably go crazy, and then uh, I'm just like, yeah, why not just leave it? You know, it's part of the process. Whatever. It's not like. A book that's trying to be you know perfectly drawn either so I guess I have whenever you have like a little bit of a rougher drawing style you can't just go get away with it I guess <laughs> is that part of like that sense of just needing to get work done because after the kind of intenseness of of the work that goes into earthling slash alien um, you know and wanting to pump out different stuff or kind of approach different ideas uh, is that where that kind of looseness comes from 
the um, sorry, what was the the, the restlessness? You mean? Yeah, like when you have new ideas that you want to come across because, like Earthling again, it's you know there was a lot of work putting together one book. Yeah. Time to. Yeah. And then being able to jump, um, and be looser with your style and kind of play more and be able to, um, go with a lot of different ideas because that's a thing that really strikes me with your work is like you're really trying to, um think about things quite a lot or kind of approach different things uh, and and really using the comics as an outlet and having that space to... yeah I mean I guess like you know I'm, I'm like a sponge like it's really there's like so many things happening around me like I don't know everything just like I mean stuff personal stuff of course but then like I don't know like political stuff or or even just like uh, aesthetics change all the time and and I somehow I try to to like suck it all in you know it's always present and I can't just look away and just say oh but I chose this style so I gotta stick with it you know I can't I can't do that and then I also get interested in different things over time like I like there's something new I I learn about and I'm not very I'm not very pres like I, I don't like you know just decide for one topic that I'm going to use for a comic or something like that but it kind of I have I, like I create a world and then all these things just like end up in there somehow it's like a filter or something and then yeah and so I guess it's like also part of that there's always new stuff coming from from my my surroundings that just ends up in the work and also stuff I'm interested in or yeah and also I mean not only in comics but also in comics so it's like it's just like getting excited about stuff and like yeah and you know trying I, I, I kind of I'm not afraid I guess of letting things influence my work because I'm you know I think that's part of it so just like like yeah go with the flow and to me sometimes everything looks I, I'm like oh what am I doing here now like this is like so bad or like so different and then other people would say oh no that's I can totally see that it's you you know it's always like that others yeah. would always like recognize you in some way and then and then you're like oh okay yeah <laughs> I, oh, I need I need that assurance sometimes <laughs> That's totally schizophrenic or something like that. But yeah, that was one of the things I was thinking about is how like your work is has like there's this like undercurrent of like an existential crisis, but you're also kind of laughing at it. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's like I guess uh, yeah, that's that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Sad, sad but true no I mean I guess I guess this is just like always uh, somehow <laughs> um, I mean I always like I don't know I don't have like you know the crazy story or yeah I don't know I can't just like pick a, a story like my publisher 
he's been i mean I, he stopped at some point but he tried for a long time to convince me to make a story about my family or like my my parents because he thinks it's a, just so interesting i mean i don't know it's interesting to him i don't know if it's interesting maybe if i looked a little deeper it, it would be interesting actually it might be it's just like that um you know like he was like oh that's so like you know that would make a great book or whatever and but i can't just think i can't think about work that way i i can't be so direct so it's like sometimes some just something that mirrors some like more abstract feeling and then yeah sometimes that's like an existential crisis mm -hmm. or just like all these moments in life where you're like questioning yourself or like you're, you're in, a, in a time of change and it's always you know like a big moment so I don't know I don't pick them by choice it just comes to me it's like something I have to process it's like my type of process my, my, my way of processing things that happen to, to me or people around me or something that I I observe so yeah I guess and then I have to laugh at it of course because it's like so ridiculous at the same time like who am I like <laughs> you know sitting in my room drawing comics about like the stuff I have to laugh at myself otherwise I would no I mean I don't know well, I think, like, I really identify with the idea of, like, you don't need to tell everything. Like, there's a lot about me that I keep private, um, but it's interesting to, like, let things reveal themselves through work and where some of that ideas that someone wants to know, it's in there, but you just don't see it. It's not obvious. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's also just it's out of fear you know like to become too direct or something it's like actually a nice way to dance around it <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i'm like on honest about it and about myself that i'm really bad at confronting things so comics gives me like an elegant way to deal with it like i can kind of deal with it myself and make it make it a thing but it doesn't have to be too direct like it won't crush me and then at the same time it's maybe can also be more relatable to others because it's not you know I don't know I it's I mean I I feel like shit is real is a lot like that like it dances around the the actual problem a lot and then it's just like you know feeling <laughs> now I'm like making fun about my own work but it's true I mean it's just like a, a, that was a stage in my life when 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 I worked on this book and, and it happened and it's fine but now I'm in a, at a different point I guess I became a lot more like direct in a way or also more sarcastic I think or so I, I, I don't I also don't have the time anymore to dance around things I mean, you know I have like limited time uh, uh, to work on stuff I have to be very direct and now it kind of it's good it forces me to like talk about the things I want to talk about but maybe I'm still managing ways to not confront myself with this but yeah 
that was one of the things I really liked about uh, Shit is Real is um, there's that existentialism, but there's that feeling like we're not alone in this. And it's just like everybody's struggling. We just don't know what it is they're struggling about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, I guess that really came also from just observing like uh, like myself being in a moment where I was struggling, I mean, uh, a, a little bit, and then just like noticing that um, other people around me and friends and, and people were kind of struggling too, maybe because of similar reasons, maybe other reasons. So I guess it just like gave me a, the uh, justification to, to make something um, based on that in a way. Like we're all a little bit crazy, you know, it's fine. <laughs> we can like kind of lose it for a minute and then come back. That's fine. And um, I don't know. It was like really, I mean, it, it, it was really, I mean, that's why it's like a little bit hidden in the book, but this kind of idea of, of uh, this planet, it's actually Saturn that reappears in the book. And then you have like this this time around, like when you just before you turn thirty, you know Saturn is in the same position uh, it was in, in the time of your birth. So that means that it's it's like every almost every thirty years more or less, and it's always kind of a time of change or or like of reflection. And I felt like so that's like kind of you know more like new age view on that um but it was really like just this time before people um turned 30 friends of mine or myself like kind of everybody kind of re-evaluated whatever they were doing or whatever relationship they were in kind of just like wow like being really lost for a minute and having to re you know just like to stop for a minute and then before you could just move on and so I found that really, um, yeah, like impressive that it's like so such a thing apparently. So that was yeah a little bit the initiator, and also because I had just gotten out of a relationship, long relationship, and I moved into a small apartment by myself, and I didn't have a laundry machine for a long time and um i and it wasn't like it's really easy i least here it's really easy to just like get a used laundry machine whatever and you just have it and you don't have to worry about it but really for such a long time i was just like not able to even like put a shelf on the wall i, I just like i just didn't care it was like a weird time in my life so that was also like a little bit kind of trying to process that, like, why is that? Why am I so incapable of these, like, very practical things that would make my life so much easier? And um, so, yeah, that's how this character was born, just, like, yeah, not being able to put a shelf on the fucking wall and then, yeah, just, like, why? This is so stupid. Like, why is this a thing? Yeah. What is the block that's getting in the way? 
yeah, like, yeah, what, what is it? This kind of numbness. I don't know. And I like that. And there is actually, so in the book, I mean, I'm actually looking at it right now. <laughs> so in the book, there is this painting that in the beginning, there's this breakup and the ex-boyfriend, when she leaves the apartment with her staff, he gives her this painting that says shit is real. Um, and she takes it into her new apartment and puts it up the wall. And this painting re really exists. <laughs> so it's like there's a lot of little things that actually are actually kind of true or have a, like, you know, a background. So this pa painting exists. It's like my ex-boyfriend made it. <laughs> <laughs> We're good friends. It's uh, not a big deal. <laughs> not um, an anti-homage to the book itself. <laughs> is, is there like, and I wonder if I'm just reading too much into it, is there's also like a bit of that kind of modern technological escape where things aren't real and things aren't tangible and everything's... Um, not you know it's that IRL type thing yeah is that something that you yeah. think about with that work like a, the one the main character touches on that a bit when she can't look at a menu um, yeah yeah so yeah I mean I, it's really hard even for me to trace back how all these things kind of um, happen so I actually, because I was like still kind of hyped up about this like secret agent book I had made. I mean, I made it in 2012, so a long time ago. But somehow I thought, oh, the next genre, it's going to be a sci-fi. So that was like kind of my weird idea. And I had made a few sci like actual like sci-fi short stories during that time. And then I was like, I'm going to work on something, a sci-fi story. Um, but then uh, I had this like... A kind of idea in my head but of course it somehow didn't work out so I guess that's how um, and shit is real there's still all these like sci-fi elements a little bit it's like but it's actually just like the present just or maybe um, uh, moved or maybe it's like a few decades in the future not much you know it's really only a little bit in the future maybe or like a, a, a potential uh, near future just a little um, far away enough to be uncomfortable yeah exactly like i i had this idea of me making like a full-on sci-fi uh but then i don't know it just didn't it didn't happen i don't even know why i guess it like was too it just seemed too forced and somehow the the story was so much closer to home that it just didn't make sense so it just like it was just like not like in the present on this world enough that I could just you know go on with it but not too much sci-fi either yeah. and then all this and then I had this idea in the beginning that there's this like young woman I was like somehow oh like maybe maybe it wasn't like my opinion but I somehow felt I could make make it a a, a story about a, a woman who's like kind of a little bit like 
um, anti-technology and just like kind of, you know, she just doesn't like thinks it's stupid or whatever. Um, but then actually I realized when, while I was doing that, that that's also not really my opinion. Like I'm not a like anti-technology person and why would I make a story or like a, a character about that? So then it made sense slowly that it's just like this woman who's just in this period of her life where she's just like in a weird limbo and is like incapable of many things. And then sometimes, I mean, I have it sometimes there's even just days that are like that where I'm just, it seems like all technology is against me or something, or it just like doesn't work the way I want. And, and so, um, yeah, that's how it happened, I guess. So a little bit of that and a little bit of that. Technology is real and life is real and shit is real. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And I mean, I guess if I made like something about technology or in the near future, it would now it would look a little different. It would be maybe a much more thought through and precise. Like the book, shit is real was like, it's like just, it's like a, I don't know, a 30 something coming of age story or something like that. You know, it's like a, a, a it's like about something else, but maybe if I would want to make it a topic, I would deal with it completely different. I but like I guess it's also kind of like there's been so much stuff on that now like in 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 writing and art, I don't think I have to add to it to be honest. <laughs> I like that you use the term coming of age for that because like everyone when people talk about coming of age book it'd be like more apropos to earthling and stuff but there's like so much work that kind of covers that era in lives of like that adolescence but like nothing really prepares you for the 30 thing like when I turned 30 it was not good I was not you know mentally ready for that um so I like that idea of like that really is that's the age where you actually have to grow up and you realize oh i need to think about what i'm going to be doing for the next 20 years 30 years of my life yeah. or the past 30 years didn't really matter you know like get hung over now um you know things just aren't as fun the next day yeah totally i mean it's 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 a it's a weird time especially i mean i don't know uh, i don't know if you're still like which gen like the so-called generation you you are part of i mean I, I'm I'm in the like more towards the beginning of the millennial generation, <laughs> so I've been just like uh, uh, that's totally a thing. Also, especially for I would say my generation, it's like you can't really rely on anything you don't have. You can't really count on like having um, like a, like sec security and or like a, a, a you know like a you can't save any money yeah you can't do all these things it's yeah. like oh, like you know it's really it, and, and and then it's like yeah like what like it's you have to figure it out on your own you can't just you also don't want to uh, probably a lot of people don't want to um have these things like a car and a home but like you still kind of have to figure out like what am i gonna do how am i like not gonna you know, be uh, 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 dependent on other people, or uh, you know, yeah. wait to 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 eventually uh, inherit something, which most people are not going to either. <laughs> so, 
it's like really you know also this kind of hopelessness in there um but i don't know yeah i guess for everybody i as i said it's a saturn return and you can't help it it's a second adolescence <laughs> no it, and make like, it come back later on i'm 41 now so it's been it's been a while since i had that point but it's it's definitely something where i never really i don't know if i've ever really figured out what i'm doing or maybe i've just had my own 40 year old meltdown again um but it's i don't know it's definitely it's that point in your life i can't really describe it's just shit is real at that point <laughs> we're not that far apart actually i'm 35 and i have a lot of friends who are 41 like uh, actually exactly 41 uh, a few a few friends some are 40 and uh, i guess it's the same for them like they you know it's just like it doesn't seem that way yeah also. there's yeah i have a law i and the interesting thing is like through doing studs is i've met a lot of folks who are, who are within the exact same like two three year span and we're all kind of in the same kind of mental place with our lives and stuff so you got great stuff to look forward to in life <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean i guess i don't know i i don't know if i'm yeah gonna work on on a new book or something and what it's gonna be about i'm kind of working on this series right now that is like more detached but also about I would say like the millennial generation um, this like work life balancing series uh, and I don't know if I'm like gonna make something more personal at some point maybe maybe when I turn 40 <laughs> probably it's gonna be the point where I have to kind of reassess a few things and be like oh yeah <laughs> Weird. I'm 40 now. Like, who am I? <laughs> um, I really loved work-life balance. The issues that you sent me, um, they're a lot of fun. No, I'm glad you like them. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love seeing just like I don't know where you're going with it, which is kind of fun too. Like seeing what's evolving from the story and kind of what's coming through and so I'm really fascinating to see um just what's coming next with it yeah i mean i'm i have no idea where, where i'm going uh, with it either but i'm now at a point so that i did the last issue um this year and like it was like issue number four i guess and with that issue i think like it's the start of a new cycle where I'm actually kind of trying to put it together more. Before it was just a fun thing in between that didn't have any coherence really, apart from this one therapist. But now I'm uh, I'm trying to work it, uh, make it work uh, on a, in a bigger scheme, so it's actually a more coherent uh, thing. So I'm gonna like kind of think about. Uh, only a few characters who, would, who will be reappearing and kind of like focus on them and tell their stories. So it's maybe it could eventually end up 
in in the uh, in the book form it doesn't have to be but it's definitely going to be a little bit more put together now we should make from mention. now yeah <laughs> so is it more to come um but still being fleshed out yeah yeah there's there's more more to come and it's like yeah still gonna be like these um short for now it's gonna be like these short um uh, scenes or I don't know it's like a, a like really I'm just gonna con continue doing like short um, moments of like each character but be like kind of writing them a little bit more um, consciously or I don't know more like focused on uh, knowing that they they're gonna evolve over through over time and and i'm gonna come back to them so it's gonna yeah i I just haven't been in the in the mindset for i guess now almost like two years to really work on a longer project so it was just like little things here and there and it was fine but only now i feel like i'm in the right moment to so i quit my my job last year like end of i was teaching at an okay. art school and I, I quit it because I didn't have like enough time to focus on my on my work uh, next to this job and also having a kid so that took up all my time so I was kind of going still crazy really needing to 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 create to have even the space to think about something new or like where I want to go with my work in general like I don't even know yet but I have at least more time and space to figure that out so I guess now I'm I'm at this point where I'm just gonna you know go for it and 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 put something together that's more substantial yeah what kind of role did doing Clubhouse for the last couple of years kind of play in that, in your own creative sense of kind of refinding your voice or retuning your voice? I would say a, a big role. I mean, I'm, um, it's like, uh, so yeah, it started, it started as this like idea. It was born from this idea to so Johanna who runs Colorama here in Berlin we we became friends and really quickly just were looking for excuses to spend more time together so we thought oh we're just gonna like make something in Berlin that's gonna bring people together because there's like so many artists living here or passing by or just living here for a while mm -hmm. uh, but there's not really um anything going on there's not like a no real like comics fair there is a comics festival um that's true it's just like um it's it i feel we've, we, but it's not there's not like an event that really brings people together or like constantly everybody's just on their own and they don't yeah. know each other and we just wanted to do something where like we can kind of glue the community a bit more together that's here like what what for the type of work that we're interested in and and so um 
I was like, I was, I raised my hand. I was like, not another zine fair, please. Like, there's already <laughs> too many. Whatever, like, no, no way. So, so yeah, and then, um, we had this idea to like make these. Um, I mean, Johanna has the Rezo studio, and to like just make like one day sessions um, where we invite like five people, uh, collaborate. And then we make these like small zines and put them together and just like made in this one day, maybe like with the week after it, because sometimes people or like most often or most of the times people don't finish. So that was the idea. And then Johanna, who is like um, the craziest uh, uh, person I know, but also the most amazing person who just makes stuff happen out of nothing. It's insane. She just wanted to make, like, I want to make a book out of this. Like, I want to, you know, have a whole week where people just work together and then we have a book in the end. And so we made it happen. The first year, it was really crazy because we really had just one week and we uh, financed everything on, everything on our own. And, um, yeah, and then it was super stressful, super fun. And then a second time happened and the third time, which is this time. These are like the big issues. And so the small issues are in between. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so what's great about that. So for me personally, um, Johanna does most of the work. I have to like really not going to, you know, we like think it through together. We invite the people. We like. No, I'm like part of the process when it comes to like putting the book together together and taking care of all the artists and stuff um, who come here for this. It's like basically a summer camp. It feels like that. It's really fun. Like we eat together, we go to the pool and we do all these things. Um, so I'm part of that, but like really the most like planning and printing and everything is like Johanna. Because I just don't have like the space in my life anymore that much that I can put myself like 24 hours in a project. It's just impossible yeah. when you have like a small kid. Um, but for me, it was really important because we did the first edition. Um, I, I had already uh, uh, become a mother by then, and. I, I had really a feeling that like even before I had a kid and after I, I was like, I felt like, you know, I mean, I got really anxious. I felt really detached also from like exchange with other people. And so somehow that was like the opportunity to bring it home and just like be really part of something and create something special where, you know, people can meet and, and, and yeah. And so it's also really inspiring. So I have this, constant input of people like you can look them over their shoulder how they work you like exchange um, all this like info and and even just how to use like I don't know weird shortcut on Photoshop but also just how like how they think through their work it's so so inspiring and like you rarely have this opportunity with other artists so from that side, it's like been really such a such a gain also for my own work. And even though I'm like overtired after um, a clubhouse, I like have all this energy to produce new work. So it's been really, 
really valuable. And I think everybody has been enjoying it a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't have any issues yet. I just ordered the new one. I'm very excited to see it. Um, ah, cool. Um, yeah, I... we like we were putting them together all day today from like 10 in the morning <laughs> till like, like I had to go home to like talk to you. So <laughs> hopefully soon it, it will it will get to you. <laughs> Um, we were almost done. We were almost done when I left, so I guess I, it's done. I have a friend that had some copies of some early issues I remember seeing last year, and it's really amazing just the the meticulousness that she puts into the printing and the work that goes into it. It's not just a zine, but it's like several layers of risograph, and I think a lot of them had uh, transparency covers as well. Yeah, and it's intense because I mean, the now we we do it in a way where every all the participants have a little bit of time beforehand to plan what they want to do because we notice it's like not enough time for them to just like come to Berlin and start working. Yeah. So they've been able to prepare a lot of stuff or like have sketches or even some brought even the line drawings and just worked on coloring during the week and a bit here and there but but really I mean it's insane what they managed to do in this short time because some worked with like I mean we said like the maximum would be four colors per person because otherwise it's insane to print yeah but yeah I mean I have no idea like in general how Johanna um, does it all like she is also just not afraid of anything she's just like yeah I want to do this I'm going to do this and she's also like started this uh, Colorama as a publishing project and is putting out all these like all this amazing work and each book is really like like put together by hand with so much care. Um, it's, it's insane. Like she is the most inspiring person in, for me at least also like like I guess so sometimes you lose touch a little, little bit when you're not like you know, they go to the fairs, but then the rest of the time, you know, you're just maybe like working and working at home or at the studio. But you really need those people who are so passionate about comics yeah. around you to like to like remind you of why you're doing it and why it's like so important because most of the time you think it's not. Like, what am I even doing here? Like, nobody cares. But then, you know, there's these people... Or like you too, I mean, doing this podcast for so long, you know, like it's all these little, little bits that bring it together where they're like, oh, okay, yeah, there is actually, you know, this this community or, you know, this like, mean, there's some meaning in this and, and that's what, you know, gets you excited. So, yeah, it's like really important to have this happening alongside like my own work. And I guess everybody can say that, I mean for themselves that it's important and this issue is a lot thicker than past issues as well right like it's um, a bigger book not like a lot but it's it's the thickest so far I, I guess the <laughs> last one was like close to a hundred pages and then this one is a hundred and eight pages well, and by the way I mean I'm not I'm like only talking about Johanna but because uh, you're yeah based in Vancouver right yeah she's gonna be in Vancouver this year oh, uh, for, for the... the Vancouver Art Book Fair oh awesome so and got... uh, yeah 
and, and there's going to be a clubhouse exhibition that's what the students so we're going to kind of plan it together in advance and then she's going to set it up there they have a little budget and there's going to be a clubhouse exhibition in vancouver just saying oh that's great uh, <laughs> um i'll talk to you more about that after um just some technical stuff i want to know more but uh i think is julie Mayer in the book as well i think vancouver. yeah 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 from the dog crew exactly yeah yeah her stuff is really fantastic and amazing um, i know i know it's really cool i mean yeah sadly we couldn't uh, have her as a guest like to come because we always do this thing where we like have this list of people we're excited about or have been excited about for a while and and we write to all of them and then we ask them like do you want to submit a poster or could you even imagine coming to berlin and so we we're trying uh to get funding for next year's edition like next year's clubhouse in the summer so we could actually hopefully even have people come and like pay for it everything so right now it's still all like the sales of the books basically fund everything so we cook for them like uh, we paid uh, or like johanna paid half um their uh tick uh, flight tickets you know like half the half of it for each of them so they could come you know and it's like all kind of like really you know i guess there's no 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 plus coming out of it but um <laughs> um so yeah so sadly so it's like always this like people can submit a poster from uh, and, and then there's uh, so there's pe 12 people this time who submitted a poster so the idea is always there's like a, a poster or like a one page illustration and then another artist we pair them up with another artist and then this other artist get uh, receives that poster and, and and kind of builds a narrative uh, piece of work uh, around that that poster or like based oh, okay. on that so that's kind of the idea that's always a back and forth there's always like a pair of people who like you know, got paired up. So there's always a like a tiny bit of collaboration happening. Um, so the people who can't come, they submit posters, and then the people who can come, they come to Berlin and just like sit here for a week and work. <laughs> but you don't know where the exhibition will take place in Vancouver. No, I don't know. I don't have the. But yeah, I mean, I can. Definitely give you the info one yeah. uh, later on. That's very yeah. exciting. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a great little show, the art book fair. Um, so folks can go to I think Colorama, just Google Colorama to find Colorama printing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Colorama dot space is the. That's more like the print studio, and then there's Colorama Books uh, dot space. I think also. Um, where you can find all the published stuff, all the books. And of course, uh, Instagram is always like <laughs> a print Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you uh, for taking the time to talk with me today, Aisha. Uh, no, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> folks, I've been talking to Aisha Franz and her.
her latest work is Shit is Real, as well as Earthling, both from Drawn and Quarterly, and the Clubhouse uh, book, which is out from Colorama, and hopefully we'll see some local copies here in Vancouver uh, in the fall at the Great Art Book Fair held at Emily Carr. Um, yes, thank you so much. Thank you. me.